Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. Another rip with your boy, Texas Slim, modern tea man. If you want to go back to our first ever rip together, I can't remember when it was. It, time has flown. You'll just have to search on your Fountain app if you're using Fountain app and look for our first one. It was called Harvest of Deception. That was the first piece of writing that burst slim onto the scene and we were put together by Bubba big shout out Bubba thank you brother I know you're listening and uh, that's where this all started rolling uh, and then we did a three-part series because he kept writing and writing and he was lifting the lid on what's really going on in the what he calls MPAC medical pharmaceutical agricultural complex and up his sleeve he had the idea of the uh, the beef initiative the Texas beef initiative which has now gone global as we speak he's already in Australia touring around Australia, meeting farmers and shaking ranchers' hands. Uh, and he's going to be over at the Wolke or Volki farm, however you pronounce that. Sorry, brother. But he's coming on the show soon, so listen out for that one too. Anyway, enjoy the rip. Before we get into it, make sure you're stacking sats, guys. Please do not give up. Do not let up. Keep your head down. Keep your foot on the gas. You can use Swan or Relay. They both have apps. They both have private white glove service for high net, high net worth individuals or businesses that are looking or um, uh, chartered accountants, uh, financial advisors, all of those people that need the advice to be able to help their customers. Relay and Swan have you covered. Swan are in the US, Relay are in Europe and across um, well, pretty much every country over here. Relay.ch forward slash Bitten. And if you want the private service, DM me and I'll get you straight in touch with who you need to be put in touch with. Coin Corner have you covered for smash buying, setting up your auto buys. They're based in the Isle of Man, so they are covering the UK and Europe. You can start fiat cost averaging with those guys and get yourselves set up with a bolt card and introduce their merchant accounts to your favorite places you visit all of the time so they can get stack in Bitcoin. Hoddle Hoddle is a global trading peer-to-peer platform get out of your fiat and into bitcoin no kyc set up an account and let's go they are also holding the baltic honey badger again riga latvia second third of september so make sure you are booking your tickets if you want to up your privacy use coinjoin service or start learning about it at the very least you can download wasabiwallet.io and give that a whirl it is free to use and a very good introduction into coin joining shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten and use the code bitten for 5% discount on anything you purchase from them. But please get a hardware wallet from them, the Bitbox 02, Bitcoin only edition. And if you don't get one from them, get one from someone else. It doesn't matter who, just please get a hardware wallet taking control of your keys. But Shift Crypto do support this show and they do support their plebs and you can go and read up on their products and their services. Everything is on their website. They've got a great blog as well. Are you on Orange Pill app? If not, why not? Android and iOS, all covered. 
and get to a conference, Miami or Prague. Use code BITTEN for discounts. Hit the links in the show notes. Here's your boy, Tex. We are recording already. No pre-record, no pre-chat. Straight into Zoom. We're back with Texas Slim. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? You look, are... you look so damn healthy, Daniel and Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much. We're You're not doing welcome. Veganuary. Like that, that, that would be one of the main reasons. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Did you even know that was a thing? Veganuary? Have you ever heard of that? Man, I, I do not. I am so detached. As the years have gone on, Daniel, I'm just, I'm so detached. I, people talk about it, you know, and I can say, oh, really? Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a No, idea. I did not know anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we, we, we just had a nice beef dinner, actually. Yeah, we did. It was yummy. Yep, all all in preparation for our our rip with with Texas Slim. I even mentioned it. I even I even brought up that idea. You did? Yeah, I did. You did, Laura? Yeah. Tell me about it. Tell me uh, about it. It was the um, it was the uh a beef pokey ball kind of thing. It was like a uh-huh. beef and broccoli, and it was really good. Yeah. Well, mommy asked you today what you wanted for dinner, right? And what were your choices? Lasagna or meatballs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you had chili con carne last night. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you're having a feast every day of your life, Lauren. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. And what was breakfast? Um, eggs and bacon, as usual. Well, we're British. What do you expect? Exactly. That's all I've had for I don't know how long. It's just, I don't even think about eggs and bacon. They're just there in the morning, right? Like, yeah, this is part of the coffee cup. Here it is. Yep. <laughs> you get it done. You Absolutely. enjoy the smell. And you're like, here, here we go. And, so. and we're in a new house, Slim. We're, we, we've moved since the last time we spoke with you. Uh, but we've kept the same okay. kind of neighbors, haven't we? Yeah, the best kind of neighbors. Oh, really? Did you have to move far? Or was it an easy move? Or We're, we're around five, ten minutes around the corner from where we used to be. Uh, but okay, we're in a, so we're in a nice... Bad. We're in a nicer house, a warmer house, a lighter house, so we're a lot happier. Uh, but we live, we, we've got some vegan neighbors. Oh, really? Wow. Those, that must be some fascinating conversations that you've been having. Do you have, you, have, you you, uh, do you have chickens? <laughs> uh, well, our chickens love them. You just look out the window and you see them right there in the field, munching away. Well, you have to tell me what our neighbors are. Our neighbors are cows again. (laughs) (laughs) They're vegans. Good one. And they're vegans. They're the best vegans in the world. They're the best kind of of vegan neighbors. I tell you, man, if you follow their science, I mean, you can live a very good life. Follow the science of the vegans that, you know, that live right next to you, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Daddy says he eats vegans. No, I eat a vegan diet. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you eat a vegan diet. I think mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. I've seen that uh, meme and everything. It's exactly what we have to do. We have to mock it. You know, we have to make fun of it because it's basically corruption and propaganda, and uh, thousands of years proves that. So it's just like we're not going to compromise how we believe and what we eat. If you do, go for it. We're going to make fun of you. Because we're smarter than you because we don't have brain fog. We have nutritional delivery to our brain better than you do. It's proven. So, you know, that's where I'm coming with my stance moving forward. It's like I'm not even going to validate deceptions anymore. Yeah, I love it. 
Well, we, we we appreciate you sending across Lauren's boots. We were hoping that they would be here for this rip. Somehow, oh, the man. U.S. Postal Service uh, have managed to send them from Texas to Chicago, which yep. was a nudge in the right direction, and then to I India. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was weeks or weeks before Christmas, even. Yeah. So, and. It took, a, I don't know even how long for him to get lost in India. So here we yep. are. Well, I tracked it again today before we ripped. And uh, yeah, that it says they've left India now. So th there is hope. Oh, really? There is hope wow. that they're on, they're on the way. But um, unfortunately, she, <laughs> you know she what? Doesn't... I just got in my head. You know what? I just thought in my head when you said they're in India and they, you know, you know, can you imagine those cowgirl boots being worn in India? I can. Somebody would snatch those things up fast. Yeah, they would. I mean, the stitching on them was fascinating. <laughs> so hopefully they're on their way to France, right? Yeah. Yeah, might be um, a couple weeks late birthday present. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so because yeah. it's Lauren's birthday. If, if they up. say they left, you know, let's see what they do. Yeah. Because there's a, you know, there's more than just the boots in there too. So there was Christmas present. There was a note. It was really cool. So. Uh oh, uh oh. Also, the really so cool. You're box. gonna have to read it. The beautiful box. Yeah, and is it really isn't a cool box? I mean, everything about it was just decadence. I'm looking forward to the beef jerky <laughs> Texas Slim. Uh, I'm looking forward to the beef jerky Texas Slim slipped in there. Exactly. Well, that would be coming from a new line of uh, beef that the Beef Initiative is doing. It's called Texas Slim's Cuts. Nice. So I right, yes, I, I didn't know anything about this. So uh, I'm looking forward does. to hearing it. All right, cool, cool. Nobody Lauren, does. do you want to stick around for this or do you do you want to say goodnight stick for this story about Texas beef Texas slim cuts? No, I won't really. take you two can minutes. Tell me later. I'll tell you later. All right. We well, say, say okay, goodnight. Lauren. To Bye. Hey, Thank you. Good good seeing you. Hey, if those are the boots, I'm gonna put you to work though. If those boots don't show up, okay, we've got a plan B. You know what that plan B is? No. Is that we're going to have a beef initiative summit in Europe, somewhere close to your home, and I'm going to bring the boots over myself. How's that? That sounds. Oh, it's wind. That sounds good. Yeah. That sounds great. That, and, okay, I we're going to have to hold your. We're going to have to hold your dad the, accountable. I know just the person and just the place. I know just the people, the two plebs that are going to be listening to this, and I know just the place very close to where we are, about an hour and a half away, that are looking forward to hosting you when you come to Europe. And your beef initiative to it. So, but we'll get into that in a yes. minute. So, Lauren, say goodnight. Okay, you yes. will. Yeah, bye. Good to Thank see you, you. Lauren. Yeah, nice Talk to you soon. Too. Okay. Thank you for the boots again. You so, bet. Texas Slim Cuts. I, I I love it. All right, fill us in. What's going on? Okay, Texas Slim's Cuts. Uh, what I did this year, you know, across the United States was I tell everybody now I said that was discovery. That was kind of reconnaissance, you know. We were, as I was on the road, I think it, the full year of 2022, Princey, I think I drove around 62,000 miles across the United States, right? 40,000 after June 1st when I went up to do the Tennessee tour and all that kind of stuff. But what we were doing is we were building out technology on the back end with Bitcoin. We we're getting new partnerships with uh, IBEX, building deeper relationships with OSHI reaching out to crowd health, uh, you know, uh, working, getting advised by Unchained. I was developing basically a, a, fuss, 
a, a trust foundation called the I Am Texas Slim Foundational Trust. It gives grants to ranchers. And so what we did as well is like, hey, the United States doesn't really know much about a freaking cow. They don't know much about the cuts because all they know is what's at the grocery store. So I invented this thing and me and Cole Bolton basically talked this out. And it was after we had had the conference with Jason out at his ranch in Colorado. And I said, I was talking to Cole and we were really talking about all the fascinating cuts that he provides. And, and we came up with something that's like, it's very affordable. It's a lot cheaper than anybody says. And I said, well, in 2023, I'm going to teach everybody how to be the new modern day cattleman. And we're going to start introducing the cattleman's feast. And it's going to have Texas Slums cuts. And so what it is, it's our, it's our reaching out to everybody saying, hey, we're about to educate you on everything there is to know about the cow. You know, from the soil all the way to your fork, you are going to be the new modern day cattleman. And so I talked to Cole and he said, yeah, let's do this. Let's create a, a beef line that's got your name on it because Texas Slim is getting pretty well known. It wasn't the intentions in the beginning, but it's where it is now. So you just kind of roll with it. Right. And so we said, well, let's just do Texas Slim's cuts. And so we're going to educate, give better price points, teach people how to have a cattleman's feast. And basically teach everybody, like I said, to be the new modern day cattleman across the globe. Let's get this conversation going. Let's have dinner. Let's have a cattleman's feast. And let's let's show our pictures. Let's take pictures. Let's educate the United States and the world again on where we came from. So that's kind of what we're doing behind this product launch. Because we'll be giving all kinds of education. We're going to get guest writers more and more talking about beef and everything that they want to share or the questions. And so we're really going to get interactive with it. And we're going to start with this product launch. I love it, mate. I love it. And I know when you put your mind to something, you, you're going to follow through with it and you're going to find the right people. <laughs> I just want to check you, you're on location, right? So you don't have your usual mic yeah. with you. I do not. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. I just wanted to make sure you didn't have a mic that was sitting there and redundant. Um, I can hear you fine. I just wanted to make sure. Okay. Great. All right. So no problem. Texas slim cuts. Um, is there going to be, and I've got to give a shout out. I know there's a, there's a pleb out there doing this already, but I've got to give a shout out to Nico as well at Omnifin, okay. who's part of the, uh, the Madeira, uh, free Madeira organization who come up with the idea of, we should be using the heat from a six miners to make beef jerky. Is that something yes. you've got on your, your horizon? Oh, hell yes. Oh, yeah. hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're going to do everything. We're innovating, whatever it is, man. We, I, I, Beef Initiative, all of our ranchers, we have market access to the cow. We don't have to ask for permission. And so once you have that, you have ground zero, right? Mm -hmm. So let's, let's see what we're doing in Bitcoin. Once again, what are we doing over here in Bitcoin? Who's innovating in Bitcoin? Well, we're going to innovate with beef. That's a perfect example. Maybe not. Maybe it's retail, maybe it's commercial in the long run. Hell yes. And, you know, because the, the cuts of the cow for beef jerky, you know, you could really set aside and really create a product line just out of belly. You know, there are things you can do where you're basically making good beef jerky and, you know, it's from fantastic cattle to best beef jerky in the world. If you have a, a curing process where you're mining Bitcoin, well, let's get it going. Let's have the conversation. Let's let's try it out. Let's scale it. Let's replicate it. 
you know, let's, let's try That's what we did with the beef initiative. And if you look like what we've done with the producers, you know, within the beef initiative, the people that sell and retail, we have holy cow beef and we have KNC cattle, two producers that are selling, you know, our beef boxes. But then we have 120 now producers that have come into the beef initiative. And so we have all the beef intelligence that we need. So whenever you have that access and that business intelligence that is beef intelligence, you're coming to the best place if you're a Bitcoiner. You want to do an idea like this? We are ground zero for all the innovation that people in Bitcoin want to do within beef. And it's the year to kind of unleash that awareness and that understanding. Let's do it. I'm not sure if you've ever listened to my uh, episode with um, Skilling Mining who have perfected the art of taking um manure or uh, mm -hmm. you know excrement waste yes. mixing that with grass putting right. that through an anaerobic digester to capture the methane to power a generator to mine the bitcoin and they have a yes. plug and play like this is just in like half a size shipping container plug and play that could be just shipped anywhere in the world so now any oh, hell yes any beef farming, any kind of farming, doesn't matter, beef, chicken, pork, lamb, whatever, you can now also mm -hmm. be mining Bitcoin on the back of your animal excrement. And the, the two byproducts of this are one, Satoshis, and two, the best fertilizer you could ever feed back onto your land. In the world, yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, it's a no-brainer. I mean, here where I sit right now, you saw us on location. I'm up in, uh, up in the panhandle of Texas. You want to talk about manure? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, there's manure <laughs> farms. I mean, you go out, you want to talk about flies and there's a place called Mule Shoe, Texas around here. Mm -hmm. We call it Jenny Slipper. Okay. You go out there, it is a different environment. And I mean, they do, they have fields and fields and fields and fields of manure. Mm. So, you know, it's, you'd have to look at the manure, of course, because you're, you know, we're looking at regenerative. This manure is from the commodity side of the cattle industry. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to take something, if it would work to, you know, to create methane, this shitty manure, pardon mm -hmm. the French, yep. you know, and turn it into something that's actually mining freaking Satoshis, you know, and whatever. I mean, there's so many things that you could do with that manure because it is it's it's on the market. It's for sale. People use it. So it's it's something you could dive very deep into. And there's plenty of it. Mm -hmm. So you just never know. We've got to have these conversations. So Bitcoin cleans shit. Yeah. Think about Amazing. it. There you go. You're always coming up with these things, man. Good job. <laughs> I love uh, it. You, correct me if I'm wrong. Have you, have you already left the States? Have you done a few visits to other countries yet? Or this is planned? What, what's going no, on? this is about to kick off right now. What happened? It's a fascinating story. Once again, Bitcoin, right? I'm sitting here and, you know, I've, uh, Pringles still, it, she's on, you know, Twitter. She's, she's a great supporter of a lot of, you know, good Bitcoiners. We've been, you know, hanging out with you, with, you know, messaging back and forth for over a year now, longer than that, a year and a half. From the very beginning, Sill was there. Well, she kept on saying, we've got to get the definition to Australia. We've got to get mm -hmm. the definition of Australia. Well, in Australia, these guys were doing something. They were having the bush bash. They were talking about beef. They were doing separate from what the beef initiative was doing. And they said, man, we got to have put something together. And then the Wizard of Oz, uh, he he basically is friends with Izzy. 
Izzy has been around the world a couple of times. You know, he yeah. speaks and all that kind of good shit. And he basically, man, he goes, hey, man, there's this dude over in Texas doing the beef initiative over in the States. He's Bitcoin or said everything that we're doing. So all of a sudden, these conversations starts happening. And now I'm going to Australia and we're going to have at least five summits in Australia. So I got a one way ticket. Uh, Liz, with uh, she's babes in Bitcoin. She's out there in Charlotte. She was one of the first ones to have a cattleman's feast there in Charlotte. And so she goes, man, I, this stuff is changing my life. Can I come to Australia? I said, hell yeah. I said, let's go. So my boy graduated high school this last year. And so that's cool. Finley, he's going to get to come with us. And, uh, you know, he's, he's been to Mexico, but he's never been abroad. So, you know, I'm going to go show him an international trip. We're going to go and have some uh, beef initiative summits. Liz is going to really help in the Bitcoin space and the social media space while we're doing all this. And we're going to try to, you know, do a lot of recording, short form video, start really reporting back what's going on in Australia because they are really coordinated over there, man. They've got it going on and it's, it's, it's growing exponentially right now. It's fascinating to watch. And yeah. so we're just going to record it and report it back to the world saying, hey, the Beef Initiative is a global thing here. We told you this was an international lifestyle. So everybody else needs to climb on board because what we're doing, we're using this example, Trinity, and this year, the Beach Initiative, if you want to have a micro summit anywhere in the world, all you have to, you're going to have to do is go to the Beach Initiative and fill out a type form application. And we're going to let people just start popping these things up everywhere. We'll have a playbook saying, this is what we suggest. We want you to bring in your own ideas. Let's make this happen. And it's, you know, it's a team effort where it's not a lot of money. They're, you know, we proved that last year that I can do this. We had no money. Mm -hmm. We broke even every time, but we had five micro, we had five summits in the United States. And so we're going to tell everybody across the world, let's get this going. This is how we adopt Bitcoin. This is how we get back to health. This is how we innovate. You know, let's start with food, the source of the seed of why we're here. It's a global international thing from Ecuador to Nigeria to Australia to Europe, anywhere in the world. We're going to go and travel and do this. So just because I know the two guys that are going to be listening to this, uh, Clay and Badders, that are here in France that are very interested in throwing their own little gathering, summit, mm -hmm. uh, retreat, whatever you want to call it, uh, to help. Uh, raise awareness of Bitcoin and the Beef Initiative. Talk us through how you envision how they might plug into uh, your playbook. What, what's that going to look like on, on the website once it's all launched? What you'll do is we'll, we'll have a website that's got some really good moments of the conferences so people can kind of get their, you know, oh, wow, this is kind of cool. And then you'll just go through and fill out an application. And I hate using this reference, but I think that everybody across the world, because YouTube can understand what I'm saying here. It's like a TED Talk, right? You, have, you apply for a TED Talk. You have to say, what's your why? Why are you wanting to have this conference? You really have to, you know, show your intentions. And, and we'll, you'll, we'll know what your intentions are. And if we feel like it's a good fit, we feel like, hey, this is, this is important. We need to share because people can come with ideas about turning methane, you know, manure into methane. I said, hell yeah, we got to get this going because I couldn't cover all the topics during our micro summits. And I'd have to tell people, I said, man, that's fantastic, but we can't cover all that in this short period of time. 
So we're going to know who's been thinking about some good ideas and we'll be able to spot them because I just spent the last freaking three years doing this and the last year and a half really listening to people. Like I said, reconnaissance. So we'll know what's viable, what's good, what's what's very uh, maybe impressionable, you know, idealistic or something that's really got some, you know, meat that we can sneak our teeth into and say, we're going to leverage this and we're going to help you educate and spread the word. So we'll have that conversation. And beyond that, we'll just say this is what we suggest as far as timing, ticket sales, food, cattlemen's feast. It's international. Right. And so we know the food. And it doesn't have to be beef, man. It has to be clean food. You know, that's all that matters. That's what the beef initiative started. But this is about clean food from any type of animal protein to any type of vegetables. That's what this is about. Decentralized clean food. So everybody brings their culture into the, you know, the, the beef initiative, you know, summit, event, whatever it is. It works out. And you don't have to think much about the curriculum. Speakers always just come out of the woodwork saying, yeah, let's do this. We had a lot of health talk, a lot of doctors at the conferences this year. We had, you know, Dr. Sean Baker came out to Tennessee. We had Dr. Mary Kerr in Kerrville. We had, you know, so many that's it's hard to list anymore. And there's more that will come along. We're going to have two doctors in Australia. And so um, it just happens holistically as far as what you want to cover. Because usually if you're interested in the beef initiative, you're getting back to the source of the seed of health in nutrition, understanding what is health, what is nutrition. So it just kind of flows. That's It's been so organic, and I hate to use that word, but I'll steal it back. Mm-hmm. It's been that natural. So it, it, it I think it's going to be a lot of people are going to uh, put a lot of interest into it. I see, though, a lot of times with everybody that I've talked to, people are a little apprehensive because they think they don't know how to do it. Screw that shit. You do it. Pull your boots up and get it done. It's results driven. Don't sit there and overanalyze this shit. We're going to get things done. And I, I, I'm a pretty good motivator. So <laughs> I'll get people to get to, you know, get their shit together if they're slacking. And it doesn't matter if just five people turn up either, right? That's no, just, that's just the first one. That's just the first one, man. That's what that tour was into Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, everywhere I went. Sometimes I showed up, there was five people. I didn't give a crap. Those five people mattered, man. Those five people are grown into a lot longer than five people. Some of those five people came to two or three of our summits. They told other other people. It doesn't matter the size. We're about quality right now. You know, this is not a freaking, you know, a Bitcoin conference that turns into a shitcoin conference. You know, this is truly about Bitcoin and our health and our living and our sovereignty. It's about adoption. It's about education. This is a lifestyle, and and people have a chance now to really help and evolve with the Beef Initiative. We want your help, man. We're the Bitcoin ethos. We're open source. Let's get it going. Let's everybody join in. And you know, as far as the Beef Initiative as a corporation, you know, we have a nonprofit now that is an educational system that the ranchers can use to basically build revenue for them and become the educators. We have a good cause, man. I put up one full Bitcoin for that foundation. Okay, that was my Bitcoin I put up. Liquidated everything I had so I could create that foundation so we can get the ranchers involved and people can really say, I'm going to go shake a rancher's hand any way that I know how to do that. It might be somebody overseas that wants to support Jason Rick of Rick Branches. 
well, he's the first rancher that received this grant from us. And so they can go through the beef initiative right now and donate in a Bitcoin or in fiat and then go straight to Jason Rick's ranch. And he's going to start uh, internship, apprenticeship. He's doing all the legal stuff right now, and we're going to help him walk through that. Mm-hmm. So if we can get more and more people donating into that foundation that the beef initiative is heading up, then we are re-educating from the ground up. And people can say, man, I know where my money's going. I tell everybody, put your money where your lifestyle is going to be, right? It's like, okay, if you're interested in regenerative farming, ranching, nutrition, health, you know, clean food, well, let's go support these people this way. That way you can go out there and maybe take a vacation out to the ranch now. That's where all this is going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be very cool. We can, do that across, we can do that across the world. And that's what we're going to be doing in Australia and at Jacob Wokey's farm. It's yeah. called Wokey Farms. And so he, he's already doing ranch tours out there. So he, he's, he's coming on the show very, very soon. Yeah, we're going to have, a film, really? we're going to have a film out there very soon called Pleb Slickers. Where uh, the plebs are out doing, <laughs> doing the love uh, it, <laughs> doing the ranching thing. Let's do uh, it. Let's do it, Daniel. Billy Crystal style. Uh, and and yeah. what what excites me is uh, as well uh, that there is, um, you know, the movements that are going on out there as well in the Bitcoin uh, Twitter sphere. Uh, this disrespect for seed oils, for example. There's there's a sure. there's a. I mean, really, Tan Man has been on a couple of times. There's seed oil disrespecter out there as well. This opens up a whole new market again for mm-hmm. the cattle rancher because tallow yes. is where it's at. Beef tallow yeah. is what you should be cooking in if you want to be serving tasty food. Now, and then you've got the uh, the other guys out there that are championing uh, organ meat and offal. Mm-hmm. There's a whole new market, a whole new frontier. So it, we're going full circle and yeah. bring in all of these people together to have these same ideas and these conversations. Uh, and then the way you do it is shill lightly. You know, you shake the farmer's hand first. You buy your meat yeah. with fiat first. And then you keep showing up because this consistency is key. And then the Bitcoin story starts coming in. Naturally, 100%. It's, it's a no-brainer, man. It just happens every time. And some people, you know, they're really honest about it. They're saying, I know it's valuable and all this, but let me get to this point with my business now that I'm getting increased revenue because you've helped me out. You know, your businesses are growing. So you let them make that decision saying, okay, now I'm comfortable. A technology switch. I can do this. I've, I've plateaued on my expansion and my volume and my new customer base. Now I want to learn everything there is to know about Bitcoin. That has happened multiple times. So you don't have to, like you said, lightly shill is the way to do this. It's respect. It's trust. You learn their business as you're learning their business and why they do what they're doing. You get to have a, a, a back to forth conversation with them that is equal. Uh, Old Man Odell said that. He goes, the balance of clubs, Bitcoiners and ranchers and the conversations, it's a perfect balance. He's seen it several times now at the summits. And so that's what I tell the plebs. And I'm not being, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I was like, hey, man, really, you don't have to be a used car salesman here. If you truly believe in Bitcoin, if you think it is the truth, then it's going to basically uncover itself within your conversations of basically being honest, authentic, transparent, with respect. That's all it is. Once you have that respect, you can tell anybody anything what bitcoin does for people 
Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking, I was, I did a podcast with Jacob last night mm-hmm. and that's exactly what we we're talking about. It's like, you know, it's just, it, it happens so naturally. And so if it's going to expose itself, let it expose itself and, you know, everything else will unfold. And then guess what? You have a damn good relationship with another human being. You respect them. And now you're thinking about, well, how am I going to involve my life, my lifestyle around this rancher? He's going to give me market access to his life, too. I have obligation now. Shit, man. I'm going to make sure his ass is covered. I'm going to tell everybody I know about him. Boom. Customer increases. He's accepting more and more revenue coming in. He's growing his business. I want to go peer to peer. I really like these people. I love not having to pay the credit card companies 3%. That's his entry point. Done. And he plays around with it. You know the feeling the first time you exchange Bitcoin from wallet to wallet. Yep. You're like, well, shit, man, this is cool. So that's how it works. That's where we are. It took this much time from the very time, you know, first time you and I met. We didn't know that back then to the level we do now. We do now, though. Yeah, absolutely. And you you shouted them out already, but the Aussie, the Aussie crew, uh, I met Tim and Izzy personally, finally met Tim been talking to him for a long time finally met him yeah. in riga and he brought izzy along izzy just blew my mind Fascinating. he's gonna be coming on the podcast soon to do a series like you and i have done uh over time uh so yes. yeah that that's brilliant and uh another a shout out to uh uh pringle pringle mac is that correct have i got yeah, the Twitter? Pringle mac, yeah pringle mac i call oh. her still but it's, yeah just pringle right. mac who put me in touch with uh, Pascal Najadi uh, at Bitcoin oh, wow. 1967. And we yeah. are doing another rip on Saturday to find out what's going on with his criminal charges against the Swiss president. So we need Bitcoin. to get everybody looking at that. And that's oh, yeah. fascinating stuff. He stepped up, didn't he? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, it, it, wow. it's an amazing story. And all just all this, you know, from Izzy to Sil to Pringles Max to Pascal to what you're doing and how you're cross, you know, meeting people. We're getting this six degrees of separation to, you know, back to, you know, the sovereign lifestyle. I feel it 100 mm-hmm. percent. And it's global. Right. So I keep telling everybody, come along, man. There's some fascinating things that are going that have proof of work mm-hmm. that things are progressing in a better way. It's just not like I'm hoping to get there. You're living it. I'm living it. And we're not doing it with a bunch of fiat money. We're doing it with the connections and the relationships that we're building. Yep. And connections, right? Can, this word connection is so key. And it's what Bitcoin is all about. I, you know, network, yeah. peer-to-peer um, network connections, uh, globally inclusive. And it dawned on me today, uh, you know, for a species that thrives on connections, we lock our kids in silent classrooms. We lock our 20 to 60-year-olds in silent cubicles, and we lock our old-age pensioners in old-age people's homes. This is done, this has been done insidiously and purposefully, and it's so obvious, and Bitcoin fixes this. 100%. I mean, so eloquent right there, Princey. And, And you don't even have to analyze that. It just does. It just fixes it. And everybody that's living it is testament to that, right? I mean, you said, I don't know if you saw my podcast. I probably said, hey, this is where the food intelligence, where I damn near died and all that kind of stuff. Did you see I, that podcast? I have. I was going to ask you some questions about that, actually. 
Okay, well, let's just skip it for now. But right. right there, you know, here I was at a point in time. It's like I didn't do anything magical. What mm. I did is I chose to be intentional and I focused what I was going to be intentional about. It was food intelligence and it was Bitcoin. And they went along parallel together. And then here we are. This is our fourth podcast. It's been a year and four months, something like that, since we first met. It's been a magical ride. It's, it's you know, nobody can really explain it to the depths, of course. doesn't really matter. I just say, hey, you find a reflection of yourself that you that was there that you might not have ever seen. Mm-hmm. And that reflection has many little uncovered gems in it that if you accept and just go with the flow, then you're going to be pretty cool. And any, any pleb out there listening to this can do that, right? Um, you know, it, another shining example, Odell, right? His thing's privacy. Yeah. His thing's Bitcoin. Like, that's perfect. There, there are other people yep. out there. I just had um, Santos on the show. His thing is education and Bitcoin. Okay. They go yep. straight straight down the parallel tracks as well. So it doesn't matter whether it's beef or anything else. Whatever it is, technology, um, like the whole uh, nutritional thing, there's we've got um alabama hoddle coming on soon he's a vet oh really that's his thing yeah right now his thing is alabama yeah now his thing is yeah the fucking pet food industry is a scam Mm -hmm. that is and that goes hand in hand with bitcoin so what but you need bitcoin as that uh that supporting arm i suppose because then you've got the truth on your side before you only had fear you had nothing Absolutely no leg to stand on. It's so, I guess, you, I mean, you just said it right there. You just uncovered. I mean, you, what you do is you uncover the truth and you're okay with the truth. You're okay to stand on your own two feet with that truth. And you, you, I mean, it's not like, oh, I have nothing to lose, but it's like, well, actually, what the hell do we have to lose? Let's, let's go with truth. You know, and I've seen that over and over again. The authenticity that I try to bring to everything is, is so important because I knew starting, you know, with food intelligence and Bitcoin that I had to be authentic. And I was like, hell yes, I have no problem doing that. Right. And so I think that's what we're seeing is people are just like they don't have the fear anymore. Like you said, all we had was fear to lead us. And that's usually what happens. And you see it all the time every day. Right. We have the fear porn, just mm-hmm. that 24 seven fear porn that just never stops. And, you know, I. And it's 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 a wonderful journey not to have to worry about that shit anymore and live in that truth it's where you can just move forward. But you're right. It's like it, I told somebody two days ago, I think it was on a podcast. I said, go find what's the most important thing in your life that, you know, excites you, that has balance, you know, that is real, that, you know, has quality to it and put your life towards that and bring Bitcoin, Bitcoin along with you. It's a tool. And, you know, don't think it's a savior. It's a tool right now. So use it as a screwdriver, as you would anything else, and then do everything else as you would in truth and go for it. And that means if it's pet food, if it's education, if it's beef, if it's seafood, what you know, it doesn't matter if it's mountain climbing, whatever yeah. it is, I'll hit it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when are we going to see you in Europe? Man, what we're going to do, we're going to be in uh, Australia. And you're, I'm gonna, <laughs> Sid told me to ask you, hey, does Prince have a house in Thailand? 
I was like, I think he might. <laughs> I, I do. don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, so we're going to be in Australia for a right. while, and I don't know when we're leaving. We got one-way tickets, right? Mm-hmm. So I got a backpack. I'm not taking luggage. I'm going old school, and we're just going to backpack for forever. So we're going to be in Australia, but then we're going to go see Sid in uh, Chiang Mai, in Thailand, and mm-hmm. everything. And then he's got some good ideas. And so we're going to go over there. My boy is in nutrition. He's into fitness. And so we'll be working out the whole time before, you know, we fly to Australia. We're flying to LA. We're going to go to Gold's Gym on Muscle, Muscle Beach. Right. And, uh, and then our hotel is right there in Venice. And we're going to have a steak dinner. And that's how we're going to, you know, do the trip. So we're going to do food intelligence, beef intelligence lifestyle intelligence, nutritional intelligence, the whole trip. So when we're in Thailand, we're going to show everybody what Thailand and how they eat. They don't have the word organic. They don't know what grass fed is. They, you know, they just have their food. It's, mm-hmm. It is already there. They don't have to worry about a lot of things. So we're going to report back on, you know, what we're doing. So that'll be sometime in the spring. But I would say, you know, uh, Europe, I don't know, July, August. What do you think? All right. Sounds good, brother. Just let us know. Yeah. Give us the heads up. Give it, Keep us uh, bang up to date. Well, you guys have to participate too, though, right? You guys have to say, hey, this is when we think we should have this. All right. Maybe we can do this. Let's bring this idea to the Beef Initiative and let's, let's put it together. That way it's a collaboration. And that's why we're both communicating back and forth. And we're talking like through Twitter. Let's tag each other and say, hey, man, what do you think about this place? What do you think about this idea? Make it viral, then everybody starts talking about it, and then boom, it starts happening. All right. So that's how we should approach it. Clay and Batters, I know you're going to be listening to this, and this is what we're going to have to put. We'll we'll put this together, July, August, or September, and we'll we'll be in close contact with you, Slim, and we'll figure something Mm -hmm. out. Um, We will um, be able to manage it. Uh, September might be easier just because July and August is such high season, and plebs Mm -hmm. that want to come would struggle to find accommodation or end up overpaying for accommodation. Uh, right, so, right. Yeah. Maybe September yeah, could be a, the best time. Just, just off the top yeah, of my head as the quick brainstorm. Fantastic. Yeah, that's cool because I think I might be in Nigeria like in June or July. And so, and then of course <laughs> we're going to be, I'll be in Arkansas on the 1st of May. I might be mm-hmm. in Nigeria in June or July. And then I'm not, I know I'm going to be in Texas, uh, you know, at some point in time, maybe towards the end of the year. We'll see. We're still kind of debating. Texas will always be our biggest one. I have a grand idea, but I don't know if I'm going to release it. But we're going to have one back in Tennessee every year. That'll probably be in October. Jason's going to have another one. But I guarantee there'll be a lot more than what we're doing. Me, personally, people are going to start popping these things off. And we'll see. But you guys, and we'll just we'll collaborate back and forth, and we'll make it happen. Everything I ever said I was going to do, I, I've done so far. I mean, we can look at all of our recordings back and forth, I guess. Do you feel 21 again? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Listen to you. <laughs> I know, man, all that damn driving I did. And I mean, I didn't get out of shape. Everybody's asking me, hey, man, how do you how do you freaking eat on the road? And I finally just, man, I have a cast iron. I have a, a propane burner. And I think whenever I went to Tennessee, I packed in like 15 ribeye. Man, it's so easy. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I'm hungry. I'll pull over to the side of the road sit on my tailgate, have a ribeye, mm-hmm. rest up a little bit, and then hit the road again. Well, I could go 24 hours on that, you know? Yep. So, it's, it, and you, you just stay healthy, man. I'm never hungry. 
I'm not that tired. I have a hard time. If I wake up, I usually wake up solidly about 4 a.m., right? But man, if I wake up at three o'clock, I'm not sweating. And I was like, ah, hell yeah, let's, let's start the day. <laughs> and so I just get into it and, uh, I go to the gym a lot when I can, if I'm not at the gym, I'm being active. So mm. it's, it's pretty versatile. It keeps me, uh, keeps me energized. It keeps me happy. It keeps me uh, strong. You know, my son, you know, it's very important that he sees this and that he experiences it. So you know, I have to be the best I can for the rest of my life. So I've had 20 broken bones. I damn near died, you know, three years ago. You know, I've got 14 pieces of metal in me. I've had about 10 concussions in my life. So I'm a perfect example of like, well, shit, does this work? Eating beef? Well, I think so. You know, judge me. <laughs> yeah. So that that's the pod that I watched that you sent across to me. And I think you did it with, um, what you? say her name John, was it's a sean johnson right yeah uh twitter handle it's at uh longevity sean is what she goes by right okay and it, is that the one i saw the youtube video or was it i believe it is yeah okay it is are you happy to share with the plebs that those that might not have seen it um yeah that that story sure. as well Oh, hell yeah. We're all transparent here, man. I didn't tell anybody in the beginning because that would have been LARPing, you know, and mm -hmm. I'm not, I, I hate the LARPers out there. They're just trying to get attention for attention's sake. You know, we're trying to save lives here. So, you know, I, I kept it pretty silent. But it's about three years ago. I was in the shop. That's why we're here today. I was in the shop and I was working metal and I got busted up pretty hard. I had an internal injury, basically, and I covered up the pain. You know, that's what I was taught. I'm not trying to be a badass. That's just how we were taught. So I mm -hmm. don't complain, deal with the pain. So that's what I did. And, you know, I broke some ribs and stuff like that, but I just didn't feel right for a while. It was progressive. And it wasn't all of a sudden, you know, there was something wrong with me. And we went into winter and man, I was, I was sick. And, you know, I finally, I went to the emergency room and it was all kinds of bad. And so they didn't know what the hell was going on with me. I'd lost a lot of weight, um, uh, you know, too much weight at this time. And, you know, I was in the form of denial because I was like, well, you just wait this shit out, man. You, you've done it before. You're going to deal with the pain. And that's, and I hate doctors. I always have. They're good about being mechanical on your ass. If you need to cut off a finger or if you need to, you know, put some metal in your neck or, you know, break bone, put it together, cast up. I love the medical community. They're very good technicians when it comes to mechanical, skeletal stuff. But as doctors, as doctors, I've never enjoyed them ever since I lost my doctor, you know, what, the way I grew up. You know, the medical field got so technical and everybody had these little specialized little boxes that they put all the medical field into. I hate the whole system as a, as a whole. And so I don't like going to doctors. But once again, I went to the doctor. They found some stuff and they ended up draining like 29 liters out of my abdomen. Mm -hmm. And they did, They thought I was going to die. They said they gave me six weeks to live. 20, 29 liters of, of what? Fluid. Internal fluid that had been generated. What had happened, I'd had a portal vein collapse on me. And it was shutting down my kidneys. And so I was releasing, but not enough. And I was gaining weight. I didn't have any valves left, basically, mm. as far as filtration. 
And so that's what had been happening. My kidneys were shutting down. The portal vein had shut down. And so what it did is you, you get a lot of fluid in you. <laughs> and so it was pretty bad. But they put a big old needle up my belly, did like three drains in like, I think, seven to 10 days, something like that. And it was about 29 liters, 28 to 29 liters. What I've got pictures of it. What was the accident? It's a it's working metal. It was a leverage thing. And uh, I got popped really hard by a recoil mm -hmm. and freaking knocked my ass like I got kicked by a horse or something like that, you know, or a cow. <laughs> where, where, where did it hit you? It hit right, right here in the liver. Oof. Yeah. But, oh, you know, and I've been thrown up against a barn before, you know, by a horse. Whenever we used to cowboy up in Mexico and stuff, I mean, I've been slammed up against a barn. I know how it feels. And so it's like, once again, it's like, eh, it's like getting kicked by a horse. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not that big of a deal. And, uh, you know, I've broken a lot of ribs. And so it, is, it just is what it is. And so that's how I kind of evolved. And, and I, I went down to 121 pounds, I think, the very lowest. And so I usually carry about 172, 178. Mm -hmm. So it was about 40, 50 pounds that I'd lost. I look like a Holocaust victim, to tell you the truth. I so mean, I've got pictures. You lost the weight, but all of that fluid was still in you. So like, uh, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was cool. poisonous on the inside, you know. It was just mm -hmm. shutting down. And so, you know, after they basically got the fluid, all that kind of stuff, I went in to ICU once, got out, nutritionist came and started telling me about nutrition advice. Well, in big tech, I research analyst. Everything she told me scared the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I just damn near died. And you're telling me to eat this bullshit that's got, you know, high fructose, you know, all the sugar stuff. We already know the story, right? You ever eaten hospital food? Oh, my I God. I mean, Jello. I mean, everything that they can shove down you is, you know, it, it's surprising, right? The worst place Putting, to recover. Yeah, it, it's it's horrible. And who who controls those contracts, right? In the medical industry. Yep. Anyways, we're not going to go there today. <laughs> but anyways, so it scared the crap out of me. And so I said, man, I'm going to put everything that I know, everything I've learned in this life, from ranching, agriculture, growing up where I grew up, research analysis, I'm going down deep into food. And that's what I did. And then I, as I was doing that studying, I even went get, I got certified as, as a data analyst. I went and took some, you know, I learned a little bit of MySQL, all that stuff. So I was doing data research. I was doing some calls and stuff like that. And I got some good, I got some good hits. And I just started researching my ass off as I was getting healthy. Mm -hmm. Well, I was starting to eat and I knew that, you know, where I came from, is basically what we had a refrigerator or a freezer full of beef. I come from cattle country right in the middle of it. So I went back and I remembered how we grew up. So I just said, I'm going to, I'm clearing everything out here. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn this life that I've lived, these skill sets, and then I'm going to get down to the source of the seed of how I got here. So I researched my family, agricultural ranching from where we came from. How I used to eat, why, the whys, the what, the hows. And I just basically came up one night and I had came up with a hashtag food intelligence. And I said, let's go. And then that's where I went on that. Uh, basically, I was in fantastic shape. I looked fantastic. I was working out, felt fantastic. I was eating good. I hadn't gone out and shaken ranchers' hands. I was eating steak. I was eating other things as well. 
but once I went on harvest, that's whenever I broke everything wide open. And that's whenever I basically came back, did the harvest of deception. And then you and I met and then the beef initiative had, you know, basically just started. So. Yeah. So if anybody wants to listen to that, that's our first rip. And that, that focuses on your stories out on the harvest. Uh, is it, is it such a, yeah. even if you've already listened to it, plebs go back and re-listen to it because, uh, a lot of it makes a lot more sense now when you re-listen back. Uh, yeah, to, it does, that. doesn't it? So how, isn't it crazy how all this crap has unfolded? Just like yeah. everything we talked. Yeah. Here it is. Right. And, and so quickly. Yeah. It you feels, know, it is a 10 year plan. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine where we'll be in 10 years. Look at what's been achieved in such a short amount of time. Uh, so yeah. to go back to what did they actually do to fix you in the end? It wasn't just like, let's drain the fluid and everything's done. Yeah. Like, you know, what was uh, the... what happened? Yeah. They almost, they damn near had me on the operating table one day and they were like, Oh yeah, we found it. It's like a, you know, some type of bad ulcer that had a different name and all that shit. And it was life threatening. Here we go. Right. So right before they put the damn knife on me, they go, whoa, whoa, shit, no, we're wrong, we're wrong again. So they just backtracked, and I had a doctor that he he's basically been a family doctor. He's stepfather. He's been his doctor, and he's a fantastic doctor, fantastic person. And uh, he just he said, okay, I'm going to see you because you know, we went out of the system and all that kind of stuff at this time, right? And so we went in there, and he had some past experiences he put me on some good basically prescriptions i have to be honest and uh, a few prescriptions that really opened me up and basically helped me heal uh helped me keep everything away as far as the poisons kidneys really started operating again and so the portal veins started coming back because i was eating because whenever i got busted up mm-hmm. man i wasn't eating very good i was probably drinking a little too much you know just trying to kill pain and stuff like that mm-hmm. so my nutrition during that period of time was pretty shitty right so i just got healthy from within and you know a few of the few of uh, the doctors you know advised some of his wisdom that he had obtained because he really tries to be a doctor not some specialized technician and so then i started you know the holistic approach to things like i kind of knew how to do since how we were raised and so it all just came together but I didn't go under the knife, but we almost damn near did. Wow, man. That, that, <laughs> yeah. Huge. And I remember. Well, you... it was huge to me. It was huge to me. And I, I have to give this, I have to honor this is that, you know, I made a promise whenever I, cause I thought I was dead. I flew mm-hmm. my boy and he was in Austin and he flew in with his mother we sat down, we had a conversation, you know, and that conversation was about <clears throat> me not being here. <clears throat> and he was like 16 at the time, I believe, or 15, I'm sorry. And so, you know, that was a hard conversation. That was a horrible experience that you don't want to have to have. Mm. Imagine having that conversation with Lauren, right? No. It's like, I ain't going to be here. So, you know, I made that promise to like basically Hey, dude, Jesus, if you get me out of this shit, we're going to have a we're going to have a partnership <laughs> and I'm going to go figure out some stuff. So that's how that worked. Wow. And now he's going <clears> to <throat> jump on a plane with you and go on a, like a, an experience right. of a lifetime. Yeah. Going around the world. Here we go. You know, international lifestyle. So. You know, and how, how lucky was I to have that experience and find food intelligence and Bitcoin at the same time? 
And there's so many people out there with the same ex- experiences. You know, I've done a podcast with Kel. Uh, Ronnie now is working for Cole with KNC Cattle. We've got so many stories that are flooding in of people like kind of the same, but not the same, but all associating together with food intelligence and Bitcoin. It's left and right. It's it's not, I mean, is it talked about enough? I, I, no, I it's like not. To think, I like to think I cover it on this podcast, the way that um, Bitcoin truly gets to the core of somebody's soul. Yeah. And, and gives them the ability to uh, to reshape their life. And a lot of people might think it's woo-woo crap, especially if you're new here to the space. Um, sure. But and the funny thing is people look at it as uh, unconventional, uh, heretic kind of cultish behavior. Whereas well, it, it, there's, nothing, yeah. there's nothing more unconventional than fiat money. It's so disgusting. You just nailed it right there. And if you look at psychology and, you know, and how the human brain works, that's called displacement. When you sit when people are like lashing out to you, up, oh, no, you're, you're, you're weird, man. You're a cult. It's because basically it's, it's a form of insecurity and it's a form of displacement. And so that's, that's human behavior. So I love it when that happens. And I, I, I really want people to understand. And it's, you know, I can stand by, you know, experiences. I, I can give two shits if anybody or at this point in time thinks I'm quirk, quirky or cultish. I don't give a flying fuck what you think anymore because that type of thinking got us here. And I'm not going to accept it anymore. So hopefully so. And I hope that, you know, you know how you know how you can do that is whenever you are basically giving pure nutrition to your brain better than anybody else around you. Hell yeah, make it a competition. Let's have a competition to see how much we can go down this rabbit hole of where we came from as, as people, as spirits, as, as basically play, as anything you want, adventure, exploration. I'm going to be the best at this and I'm going to let nutrition lead it. And it's not about a freaking diet program. You know, it's not about, you know, carnivore versus vegan, man. This is about really how can I deliver some really great, natural, holistic earth to my brain? And that's regenerative farming and ranching right there. So once you dive down that rabbit hole, you don't mind what you really you can't care what other people think. And you can really, you can basically just shutter it off. It's like, man, that's why I tell everybody quit validating the deceptions. You know, quit, quit basically being the marketing arm of the fear porn. You know, you don't have to do that. It's a shitty way to live. You know, stand up on your own two feet and start, you know, really getting to the source of the seed of who you are and your family needs this, your children need this. So you do that, everything else just falls into place. And, and- <laughs> It, again, it sounds a, a little bit, <laughs> excuse me, hyperbolic to say the planet needs it, right? But all you yeah. got to do is look out of the plane window. Whenever anybody listening to this is making a trip, just look out of the window. Count how many cows you see or sheep <sighs> like or, or horses. It's not that many. I mean, I, wow. I do it to my kids all the time. Whenever we fly to and from London or we fly down to Portugal or Spain on holiday or wherever, it's like, look out there. What do you see? 
what, what excuse me what do you see seed what do you see right uh yeah fields and fields of rape fields of wheat fields of sunflowers these are all yep. i don't even call them seed oils anymore i call them weed oils they are that's absolutely are. Yeah. destroying destroying the soil and offering zero nutritional value to those of us that are either eating them intentionally or without even knowing because they're sneaking them into our food or the restaurants are cooking with them and i, I have you to thank and uh you know primarily because you were the first to come on the show to talk about it others have followed you in your footstep and you've educated so many more but it's such a a crisis if the, those fields and it's even worse in the states like you know we're talking hundreds of thousands of acres of strip mined soil which can be fixed very easily and you know very quickly really oh, over the course of so two- it's so easy so fast mm-hmm. but thank you for giving that uh visual because, I mean, that's the perfect visual to give right there to put all this propaganda bullshit to rest whenever they people kind of bring up about, you know, how many cows are going to be needed to feed the planet? You know, it's not sustainable, all this kind of crap. And you look down at, you know, whenever you're over the flyover states in the United States of America, that's a Jason Aldean song. And that's what he talks about. He talks mm-hmm. about fly on the dirt. You know, he talks about all that stuff. I put it on my Substack last week. I love the song. Love Jason Aldean, but it, there's a point to this: is that this shit is a new phenomenon. It didn't take us long; it took us fifty something years of balls to the wall, fucking destruction, to do this to our soil. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not that crazy of an idea to come up with and saying, "Well, we kind of screwed up. It's okay. We're caught in the middle of this. We're not going to validate this shit anymore. We're not even going to entertain the thought that there's." meth farts from cows methane burps whatever they want to do is causing global warning if you've ever put 15 minutes into any type of visual representation analyst point of view towards this earth from a different point of view from the except from the digital screen you're mm-hmm. going to know it's all a bunch of bullshit and that's part of the capture you know they've they've killed the, the interpersonal division the division of interpersonal communication skills across the planet or shit we know that. That's why I tell everybody shake the rancher's hand, look him in the eye. You know, there's so many things I do for a reason. But going back to the, you know, this, where I am right now is the desert high plains in the state of Texas, in the United States. It's called the Llano Estacado. It is the cap rock. And what is, is though, it's some of the, was some of the best grasslands in the United States. Bison basically roamed this place for Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. Millions of bison. The soil was so deep and wonderful when we got here. Well, now it's nothing, right? Well, that took us 50 years to do. Well, it it can be reversed really fast. Let's just do something else with the land, except basically support the multinational corporations that killed it. It's as simple as that. And people say, well, we've got to make them change. Well, the only way you're going to make them change, change your consumer demand. If you want to blame somebody, go blame everybody. Go look in the mirror. I did it too. Let's look in the mirror and say, okay, until I make a change with my consumption model, this shit's still going to be a problem. Once you leave the system, you never want to go back. Your life changes for the better. That's what we've just been talking about for the last hour. And then you see the truth. 
once again, here we go. We wrap back around to truth. And, you know, it's truth and food right there. And that's what is our responsibility as Bitcoiners right now to take on that responsibility, that obligation, that accountability. Because the rest of the people aren't going to, man. They're not thinking like us. They're not. I, I deal with freaking, I'm back here at home. You know how many normie friends and family I have? They think I'm freaking cuckoo, man. But it's okay. They respect me because <laughs> they know me. But they don't go down a, a conversation about food with me. But I slowly change. You know, my parents, they're changing. Everybody around me is changing. And I don't have to do it. I just go out there and lead from the front. Leading by example is so key. It is. 100%, man. It, you know, it, it, and that's why I, yeah, I look at, you know, I look at the, the Bitcoin space and that's why we have to innovate, right? By example. We, we can enter into as many non-versations and pointless I love that. arguments and debates. They're not even arguments or debates. They're, they're literally non-versations because as soon as somebody asks you your point of view and you're like, well, this is what I do and because, wow, you, you just get shouted down. But you can sit there quietly and just refuse the dessert at the table or you can refuse the, the chicken tendies or you can refuse the, uh, the sugary treats when they get passed around especially at Christmas. I've been doing this for years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to say anything. Actions speak louder than words. And you do it with eloquence and sophistication and pride and some integrity. But man, isn't that what you want to be in life? Isn't that our basically our biggest quest when we're kids and we watch these movies and we say, hey, man, that's cool. Don't you want to be sophisticated? We'll become the damn movie, right? Be sophisticated and eloquent in how you live your life and how you present your consumption model. Your consumption model being audio, video, and food. Man, lead by example. It's, it's easy. It's so simple, man. It's so simple it's complicated to a lot of people out there. Yeah, it is. Uh, you, you said you looked in... Have I ever asked you this before? Like You said you looked into your genetics and your ancestry and your family. Uh, where did you guys show up from? Man, I've got a fascinating story, and I, I don't mind telling this. It'd be hard to find, but uh, it's not that hard to find. People can actually look at it. Uh, Samuel Jeffcoat, on my uh, father's side of the family, he was basically the first Wesleyan Methodist minister in the colonies in basically uh, the United States. And it was in the South Carolina region, and it was mm -hmm. there in the 1750s. And uh, he basically was the first guy to ever have Methodist church in the United States. And so National Archives has got it and all that kind of stuff. So we go way back. I mean, there's people that go back further, of course, but that's kind of like the source of the seed of me. He was a preacher, a Methodist preacher, Wesleyan Methodist preacher, you know, from the from the motherland. And he uh, basically... The motherland being, uh, being England? Uh, he came, or... England, yeah, he right. came from, wow. that that guy came from England, right. and we we were we had some Scottish in us. We've got some Choctaw Indian on my mother's side, so we've got a fascinating you know lineage of as far as ancestors, and I love it. I love looking back, and I have a aunt. She's she's a little bit older than my mother, and she's done a lot of our family tree. So I'm starting to talk to her more and more because I really want to start exposing, like, where did we come from? Our generational Texans. Mm -hmm. Well, Samuel Jeffco had nine sons, mm -hmm. and they all were became basically disciples. So they started making their way to Texas way back when. 
And so that put us as, you know, I sometimes I'll uh, I'll say fifth or sixth. It's kind of debate in our family. It's uh, if we're fifth or sixth generational Texan. So we know that much. And, you know, we came from the Carolinas, kind of the, you know, the Smoky Mountain, the Carolinas down through the basically the Choctaw way of Mississippi, Alabama into East Texas. So they made the journey. Yeah, that made the journey. Hell yeah. That, oh, yeah. They, were they, hairy they times. went all across. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, and there were hairy times when we came to the Panhandle of Texas. See, the Panhandle of Texas was the last place to be uh, basically civilized because we had the Mexican Wars, then we had the Comanche Wars. The Comanche Wars in the United States of America is the longest running war that we've ever had. A lot of people don't know that. And that didn't end until basically 1873, 75. And you look at, that's where, basically, that's when the cattle industry kind of exploded out of Texas was then. After the Civil War, we had to start feeding a nation, and Texas started feeding the nation with cattle that had basically dispersed during the Civil War. So you had a lot of opportunists, people looking at cattle saying, well, a lot of people didn't eat a lot of beef back then. They used it for hides. You know, they really didn't. And so they, they found out a way, basically, that beef was the best way to start feeding soldiers across these forts that we had and so that's how the cattle drive started started feeding forts then we started using the railroads then we started using refrigeration and then uh, cities like chicago kansas city new york are known for steaks just because you know they innovated with beef because of the cattle drive so our family you know was in basically in texas when all this happened in basically the texas panhandle was basically the second cattle drive they ever had. They had the Chisholm Trail, then they had the Goodnight Trail. And so my grandfather, my, you know, my old great greats, they, they came to Texas Panhandle probably the 1890s, 80s. So they, you know, there had been some time from 1875, but, you know, we had to get rid of the Comanche Wars and then we became a nation. And then if you look at a, a guy named Quanta Parker, he's, uh, he was the last Comanche chief, really. And um, he was from, there's a town over here called Quanta Parker. And I grew up in a place called Paladoro Canyon. And it was basically one of the last battles between the Texas Rangers, United States military and the Comanches. So I can talk history all day. Sorry, that was a long rant about you asking me about my genetics. Have you ever applied this to the currencies and the money? that your arc has seen if yeah. he was one of the first to land on on the west coast there what what were they using were they still using british uh had to be british pounds back then right it was 17 whenever he was mm-hmm. he built that church in 1752 he actually did advise george washington as they were you know during 17 during the war of 1773 all that time and so as they were in war, he was one of the preachers that did advise them. So they had that National Archives and everything. And so it would be interesting. I haven't had time, but we've got access to well, that, like, my you, father. You've got the full arc, brother. And you're at the end of the rainbow yeah, yeah. here with Bitcoin, right? They've gone from oh, yeah. like uh, the, the right? pound or whatever it was to the uh, Confederate dollar, the dollar. God, they might have even seen clamshells. When was that? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. But that's it. No, I've, I've really wanted to get deeper into it. Whenever I went through, uh, you know, I went through South Carolina, I went by 
you know, checked it out. It, I know where it is. I'll I'll kind of do a report on it and everything. It's it's kind of cool. It's very cool, and it's your story, like because here uh-huh. you are, like one of well, you're you're at this point in in your generation, right? And you're discovering Bitcoin, and you've got all of that currency history behind you, and the gold rush as well. Yes, yes, exactly. In your part of town, right? Not too far away. Well, you know, Colorado had the gold rush. There's a lot of gold rush, you know, around here. Uh, it wasn't really in Texas or anything like that, but uh, we had definitely people living, you know, in, in Texas. But I'm just thinking about the currency at the time because what you made me think of is, you know, my grandfather, one that had the two sections of land up here in the panhandle, and he was, you know, a farmer, rancher, fed his family, fed his community, everything that, you know, I talked about in the beginning. We'll, we'll think about this. He went through World War One. He went through the Dust Bowl. He went through the Depression. He went through gold confiscation. He went through another war. He went through another war, another war. He went through all the way into guess when we lost our land. It wasn't that we lost it, but he had to sell it to save what he had built. It was the 1980s in the United States of America. So what did he never truly survive? He survived all that shit up until... Let's say 1971. You know what it took? It took a decade for them to engineer how they're going to steal and reallocate that farmland in the 80s. It's the same shit we're seeing now. The mm-hmm. only thing that he could not survive and he hated was the debt economy. Boom. Right there. So, once we, I mean, I have family proof of it. We see the farm. We see how it went away. We see how it got sectioned off. And it followed the debasement of our dollar from 1971 through the savings and loan industry, all that bullshit, where it affected us. A lot of people say, oh, it wasn't that big. Yes, it was. It was where I came from, small town Texas. And so you look at how he survived so much, but he couldn't survive a fiat debt economy that we live in today. That is about to crumble, we hope. Grand Larsonry. Yeah. Oh, 100%, man. He, he did not know how to deal with a debt economy. He was too true. He was too much of a, you know, a true man to, to he would not take out a loan. That was, are you serious? <laughs> you couldn't put a gun to his head. No way. He felt too guilty. And so that's why, you know, that's what happened in the 80s, I see, because that's when a lot of these farms and even ranches got dissipated in the 80s. And, you know, you had Willie Nelson doing farm aid. So, I mean, if you just look at, you can find, you know, historical research on farm aid in the United States in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly 1984, I believe, is whenever he sold the land finally and was gone for good. This was during the, the, the go big or go home kind of uh, push. Is that correct? Well, yeah, about 15 years. Yeah, 1971 on and up. He never monocropped. He got into a little bit of cotton because he had to. Because, you know, that's when we started subsidizing cotton. That's when we went into the commodity mm-hmm. market, which we're trapped by today. So, yeah, he went from doing, you know, feeding his family, feeding, you know, the community, having his own source, doing everything that we talked about to basically get sectioned off and, and basically shut out because he didn't want to subsidize, commoditize, take loans, bigger tractors, blah, 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 you know, more chemicals. The way I understand it, that the, the original people that made that journey across from east to west were rewarded when they got there with X amount of acres of land. But the idea right. being that you had to produce for those that were uh, already living there or were going to follow in your footsteps behind. So yes. 
clearly a plan had to be put into place to confiscate that land back. Yep, 100%. You're nailing it. And of course it is. It's it's the same thing that we're seeing right now. I mean, the Netherlands, man, that land is gone. Mm-hmm. They're going to get that land no matter what happens. I don't care how much they process. The land is gone. It, it, maybe it's a lot of fiat money, but it, it, they've reallocated the land. It's moving forward. Unless there's something major happens, and that happens every day in the United States, just like it's, it did happen in the 80s. It's happening here just a different way. It's just asset reallocation. You and mm-hmm. I know this. And basically, that's what a lot of people do not understand. And you know how they can actually be successful for asset reallocation is that if we don't educate our ranchers and our farmers, and if we don't change our consumer demand, because we're the ones that are causing this to happen. We think that food, the way that we have it, is an abundance, and it's not. In nutrition is already at a, a starvation type of level is nutritional starvation. Our medical, you know, health lack thereof in the United States is proving that. 88, since we last talked, a new report came out, I believe, it's 88% of Americans are now metabolically compromised. Mm-hmm. They're heading for metabolical bankruptcy. That's not turning around. That's picking up speed exponentially. And what they're doing within the globe itself is it's a global industrial food shift. They're reallocating basically assets. They're reallocating value back into a base layer where they're going to destroy the food industry in ways from the ground up. That's what they did in the 70s. And once again, go big, go home. That was a, basically a global industrial food shift. You know, that's when they started introducing soy burgers to elementary kids in small town Texas where we have abundance of beef. And all of a sudden they're starting to feed us poison in the 70s. And it's only gotten worse and worse and worse because the food gets more devalued, more devalued, more devalued because the dollar, <laughs> that economy, everybody's more poor, more poor, more poor. So, And the same thing is happening with uh, private property, houses, yeah. uh, and this is the whole idea of a mortgage uh, that, you know, I, I try to explain to people when we're having discussions about Bitcoin, it's like, well, I don't believe in Bitcoin, but I believe in bricks and mortar. Well, okay, but you don't actually own the bricks and mortar. You don't own the house. Am I correct? Yeah. Like, well, no. Right. Yeah, of course I do. But do you have a mortgage? Yes. Well, then that's the bank's house. And yeah. when you sell your house, even if you did own it outright, when you come to sell it, who are you going to sell it to? Yeah. And generally, it's like, well, I don't know, whichever family. No, the answer is a bank. Another bank. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, yeah. It, it's almost, it's almost complete. The transfer of wealth, the transfer of private property, the whether that is farming, agricultural land, or homes. The people yeah. almost have nothing. Like the WEF, they talk about you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. We already own nothing, and we're fucking confused and unhappy and angry. Yeah. We're already there. 100%. We just aren't eating the bugs just yet. (laughs) Yeah. Well, think about this and what you just explained. I'll build on that. Think about, okay, a rancher that's been, a a land that's been in a ranch or a farm for 120 years, right? And basically a town has expanded and now it's becoming a housing division because this is happening all across the United States, right? You know, everybody's getting urban and they're, oh, I'm going to live in the suburbs. Well, that suburbs was a 120-year-old ranch, okay? Good job. 
So not only does now the rancher doesn't, nobody has private property. The rancher doesn't own the property anymore because he did own the property. Mm -hmm. That's why he, they paid him so much money. Okay. Now the bank owns the land. Okay. Now the bank owns the houses. And so, you know, whenever they do that, it is, you're just a small little stupid pivot points in the deception. Okay. Now let's look at food. Okay. Let's look at food and how they do the same thing. Whenever I tell people, you look at how processed food is and how they basically basically have subsidized in any type of, you know, highly processed food that goes across the globe from catfish that are spawned in Texas that go to China and back and then end up back in Texas. From peaches that start off in Georgia, then they go to basically Argentina and then Thailand and back to Georgia. You know, this ludicrous bullshit that goes on, the energy consumption, the, the basically the tax breaks, the global brokerages that go on with all of this. And what you do in the end up, so everybody's making that money, just like the banks are making off the property, off the land. They're making money off every one of those touch points of your food. By the time it gets to you, it's basically nothing more than you are the recycling bin of the waste that they just created, all the profits they've made. They sucked all the value of any nutrition that was in that food because nutrition is dense and it's valuable. And they know this. And if they can squeeze it out, if they can cut it up just like a cocaine dealer cuts up cocaine, it's the same thing. And that's what people can't grasp. So what they do with our land, with our housing, you know, they're doing it with our food and it's to a point now to where it's it's actually killing children. It's killing society. It's killing our brains. It's killing our spirit. It's killing everything that we find dear. And that's when, like I said, that's whenever what happened to me is a gift because people need to. I would hope that people would listen to this and, and realize and accept. Yeah, this is all correlated because it is. You destroy the land by taking it away from a rancher. You just devalued your food hmm. in a way that you don't understand. It doesn't think, matter how nice your freaking house is. Nope. That you don't own. Yeah, that you don't own. <laughs> you, know, you can get all that. You can get all that fucking, you know, yeehaw, I love my house. I've been saved my whole life. This is our dream. All that kind of crap. You look where you're standing. Well, you're not going to be eating very good. So enjoy it while it lasts. As that adrenaline and dopamine spins around, you'll be looking for something new here pretty soon. And just uh, to, to, the, to blow the lid off this as well, because you're the best person to talk about this, I believe, because you've actually been on Harvest. When mm -hmm. these um, gaslighting motherfuckers try and tell you that you're killing the planet because you're eating beef because of the cow farts and the methane and the planet's going to drop out of the sky because of the CO2 and the methane that's being released, how much fucking diesel is used to plow a field, seed a field, harvest a field, transport the crop, then get back out into the field to roll all the stuff up into, uh, into, into lines before yes. you can get another machine to go out to go and roll all of that stuff into, uh, into hay for animal feed yeah. in brackets. Right. And how much carbon dioxide is emitted from the plowing and harvesting process from the earth itself, not just the amounts of diesel that is used. Like, so how much? 
Oh, it's unlimited, man. I, I just, you, you just made me visualize and flashback of the full harvest. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what you do, and we talked about this, but we'll do a, a, re, a regroup here. Uh, all right. We left from Texas. I think one of our trips from Texas straight up to North, North Dakota. Okay. That's, that's seven, eight combines. That's at least 14, 15 semi trucks. That's, you know, uh, tractors. That's fuel trucks. That's just to get from Texas to North Dakota. Okay. That's you take the fuel get. with you. Well, no, you, you have fuel trucks. Sure. You have to carry fuel trucks, but you can't take all the fuel with you. But you take every one of those vehicles on the road with you. Wow. And they require massive amounts of diesel to travel from Texas to North Dakota, which mm-hmm. is like going to Canada. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's just getting there. Okay. Then you have to do every day. You're not de- you're not dieseling up these combines and these tractors every day, but I guarantee you, whenever you do those things, this is my harvest song. I don't know if you can tell; it's all broken and cracked and all that. That's my bat song, right? And that's the one I got in harvest because I didn't have reception up in North Dakota, so I had to drive like 100 miles to find a phone. But anyways, I've always had that. I, the day I had that, I got back to the. It was the morning, and I was filling up a freaking combine with diesel. And those things probably take 20 minutes to fill up and then you're just pumping diesel. And so you're doing that quite often and you go out there and you harvest on 20,000 acres, 12,000 acres, whatever it is. And then that's okay. Well, what are the semi trucks that you brought? What are they to do? Well, you get the combine, puts it into the tractor with the the trailer. Then you got your grain trailer. The grain trailer takes it over to the semi Puts it through the chutes. We talked about that. That's when I snapped that damn line on the, <laughs> going through the power line. Bing. But then you're you got you've got the semis. Well, they have to go and take the grain to the silos to the grain elevators. And sometimes those things are I don't know 100 miles away. So that's just to get the grain out of the ground and put it into a safe place. Hadn't even started from there. Then let's go to the processing part of it, the transportation of like how they ship our food across the world. It's unlimited. It's 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 daunting how much energy just to make a freaking you know pizza pocket. <laughs> and you're just one team. Yeah, just one team, one small team, very minor. Just the, the argument. Falls flat on its face right there. Exactly. Well, it, what it does is it exposes people's ignorance. And I think that we've gone too far. And I did in 2022. I was pretty soft spoken for the most part. But from here on out, no, we're going to say you're killing people with this type of mindset. And we have the proof. And if you are basically helping me understand what you don't understand, Make them expose what they think is a good argument. That's the best thing my father taught me this last year because he was a counselor. He knows how to, how to wordsmith a little bit. But what you do is when somebody tries to get this argument going, help me understand what you don't understand about mm-hmm. this. That way they have to really tell you and come out what they're talking about. It just can't be some idealistic, you know, uh, kind of uh, news bites, you know, that they hear on TV. Uh, you know, one of those things that basically... They don't know what to say, so they come up with something that they read on social media, you know, and then they don't have an argument because you can tear it apart. You know, with monocropping, you know, with uh, being, you know, being animal cruelty, shit, millions and millions of animals die every year because of monocropping. 
And you ever seen, you ever see, I'm going to tell everybody right now, you ever seen a freaking fox or a, a jackrabbit go through a combine? I have. It's I have. fascinating. It's horrible. Yeah, it's like a horror movie, man. And so that happens millions upon millions upon millions of times every year. So the argument stops right there. You ever watched a regenerative farmer and rancher take care of an animal ever since it basically takes its first breath until mm-hmm. it hits the fork? Oh, I have. I have. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. so, oh, you're going to you're going to go after you're going to go after the American cowboy rancher uh, commodity cowboy. Well, bullshit, because you know what? He feeds that animal same way, but he has to sell it because the multi-corporations, nationals, multinational corporations won't let him take that animal any further. So if you want to look in the mirror and you want to say what's going on with all this bullshit about food, about animal cruelty, about climate change, everything, well, guess what? These multinational corporations are the same ones that are telling you to be a vegan. Let's break that down. Let's look at the analysis. We have it. Now, what are you going to say? So it's just, you know, just do, do, your, do the math, right? Do the math of logic and basically where we are in society and where we've come from. They don't have an argument. And they, a lot of people, you know, they're going to say they're not even going to participate in the conversation. You know, and we know that. So that's where that's division, you know, divide and conquer. That's what they've done society, the social engineering to where we are right now. So I just say I'm I'm not going to try to help everybody, man. I really think if we can help three percent of the population right now in the next two to three years, that's my goal. Really, honestly, three percent. If we can get three percent, then we're winning. That's all that matters. Epic run. You, you just dropped the mic. We always, we, we, well, we have these conversations, man. It just flows. It always <laughs> has, man. You get me going, Princey. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I've been on a lot of podcasts and, you know, I'm not, I, I appreciate every one of them, but some of them, people ask better questions and we have better conversations, especially well, at this, this time in the game. We need to be, okay. We know I, I was in Austin and I was at the Austin Bit, Bitcoin Club. And I asked everybody, because it is, there's it's opportune time to be very aware about how poisonous our food is, from high fructose corn syrup to you know, everything they're doing with a war against meat, seed oils. I said, what are y'all going to do? All right, everybody's ultra aware right now, okay? And this is me talking through the mic and all that on camera. I said, oh, yeah, you know the ranchers are, you know, having a hard time and everything. You know, you have, oh, shit, you have a platform. You have a gateway. Well, you know, what are you going to do when it's too late? Because it's damn near too late and you guys need to wake up. What are you all going to reflect on? I was too busy doing a circle jerk on freaking seed oil. Is that where we are? Because that's all I see. So, you know, and we can say that because I just spent freaking three years of my life doing the seed oil circle jerk. Well, it's time to move on. It's time to innovate and it's time to recreate a decentralized food system. And we can do it across this planet. But everybody has to basically move on. They have to be intentional. Mm-hmm. And, and I really believe that's what 2023 is. I've talked to the ranchers, man. They said, this is the year we have to. If we don't, you talk to Izzy. Izzy's the same way. He knows this stuff. If we don't do something right now, that intelligence, that food intelligence is about to be wiped out of several generations. Average age of a farmer rancher in the United States is 63 years old. If we don't get some basically 
understanding of what we're up against, we will be eating bugs. They won't say that they're bugs. They don't have to. It'll just be in the pizza pocket. It'll be in the candy bar. And there won't be any more animal protein left. And if there is, you're not going to be able to afford it. Most people, I'm saying, in general. The United States, you won't even be eating American beef anymore. 80% of, about 80% of Americans don't eat American beef anyways. They don't know this. You know, that's something they are not aware of because they think that food is an abundance. They don't, they still think they have options because the supermarket has aisles that are full of food, you know, and so they don't really understand what's going on in the food industry. And this is not fear porn, man. This is the truth. Mm -hmm. And if everybody can just acceptance is the key, man. Yeah, let's 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 circumvent around this, man. We got so we got a party to go to and it's called, you know, living again. And this is the best way to start living again. And a lot of people have been locked up, their brains are locked down. And it's like, hey man, if you want to if you want to escape hatch, this is this is how you do it. I get emails all the time, Princey, of people that started heard about me on something or started eating beef, started eating better food. And their life is changing, man. And they're just like so happy and proud. You know, everybody's got a story. And so you don't have to be down and out or anything. But if you want a better lifestyle that you and I have experienced before, at least, you know, being free, going to travel where we wanted to travel, do things. That's why I'm going to go, you know, walk the earth this year, I guess. <laughs> love it, mate. I love it. All right. As usual, an hour and a half has just flown past us without yes, stopping for a breath. Um, so yeah. I've lost count how many times I've asked you this question and I've lost any kind of semblance of any of your previous answers. But <laughs> if you had one last orange pill left to give to somebody, who would you give it to and why? Man, I haven't thought about that in a long time because I've been out there trying to, you know, really thinking about who's the most important person at Orangeville. Um, to the level that I think that will matter more than anything, right now on this trip that I go on to Australia, I want to fully down to a legacy level Orangeville my son in a way that he, boom, you know, he's traveling around the earth, he's with his dad, we're in Australia, we're in Thailand, wherever, and then he finally just I see that moment that he just goes, ah, I get why you're so freaking crazy, dad. Okay. That makes sense now. <laughs> that clarity moment, whenever old fin Finley D is what I call him, whenever he has that moment and says, thank you. So yeah. I think that's a good, that's about as honest as I can be. I look forward to that with each one of my four kids too. And it doesn't matter yeah. how old I will be that day, that phone call when it comes in and says, I get it. Mm -hmm. yeah. It all clicks. And um, because we're, you know, we're all on our own journey. Uh, every touch point is different. The key, the key is to embrace the touch points rather than brush them aside because you and I did it. Everybody that's ever been on this podcast has had several touch points to Bitcoin, which they ignored. If we'd have only yeah. just embraced them, just a yeah. little bit, just one book, just one article, rather than zero, rather yeah. than the hubris, ego-driven meh. <laughs> right, right. Just embracing the that touch point uh, because, you know, you... you 
you meet certain people in your life and you come across certain situations in your life and they're there for a reason and there's a learning opportunity and you just got to figure out what that learning opportunity was. You had a huge one with the near-death experience and goodness me, you've come flying back off the ropes with that. So, you know, I I think everybody that's got to know you through this podcast, your own work and and other podcasts as well, uh, you know, you, you, you're making waves, you are changing people's lives. You've educated thousands, if not tens of thousands of people, uh, you should be very proud and, uh, a personal thank you on behalf of, uh, myself, my family and the listeners, brother. Man, Daniel, I, you, you know, your family, right? Everybody's family here. That's what's so the most, uh, important thing and something that I cherish tremendously. So, you know, the reason that you, maybe those boots aren't going to get there because we are going to have that damn summit, you know, and our families get to come together. And that that would just be fascinating, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And when we do pull it off. So Lauren's going to have some damn boots. <laughs> <laughs> and man, it's been I cannot give you enough credit and grace because you were you're the first guy that called me up. I remember, man, we talked and it's like, hey. I said, well, I've never been on podcast. Let's do it. I didn't know what I was doing. I had a shitty mic. Still kind of have a shitty mic. Sorry, but I'm out here in the shop. So, but uh, man, you've been instrumental, and I want everybody to know out there because you live this too. Is that you know we come across our paths, especially in life and especially in Bitcoin. And I, there's sometimes I feel like guilty. It's like, man, I haven't talked to so and so in so long, or I haven't talked to because we're so damn busy. And we all know kind of collectively, it's like, hey, this ain't personal. I know that he's grinding. I see what he's doing. So it's cool. Thumbs up. Boom, boom. And that's what I try to do with everybody. But I always know that, you know, definitely thinking about you and Lauren and the family and everything. And that you've been instrumental and in, uh, basically giving us confidence in the beef initiative. You know, people have found me through you. So that's all that says it all right there. So thank you. Well, we got a shout out, Bubba. Big, big love to Bubba because he was the, the first one that saw the, the opportunity to put us together. That's what I was about to go into because you know what he did? I've got that trust, that foundation, okay? Jason Rick of Rick Ranches, it's a $10,000 grant this year. He's opening up his gates, man. This is going to be fascinating to watch because we're going to freaking live stream this stuff on a weekly thing. You know, we're going to say this is what's going on at the ranch because of this grant. Guess who gave 0.2 of a Bitcoin to Jason Rick's grant? Oh Bubba. my goodness. That's oh that's some goodness. good change, man. Yeah. After he had already gone off to the Philippines, came yeah. back, back into the truck, he was able to do that. So everybody, man, you don't have excuses. You want access to a ranch, you want access to good relationships, put your money where your lifestyle is going to be. And this is what we're really going to be talking. I'm going to talk about several things in 2023. It's going to be about we're going to sell as much beef to people who want our beef in the United States that we can. I'm going to go full on out. I tell everybody I'm going to be the Jimmy. You won't get this, but a lot of people will. I'm going to be the Jimmy Dean of beef moving forward. And what that means is that we're going to get beef and we're going to open up market access so people can start eating good. At the same time, we're going to get everybody to start buying where they can and everything. It's going to be a two, you know, twofold punch. But then we're going to really, really do the foundation, the trust. We're going to get people back to the ranches. We're going to get education going again. We're going to get a new generation that comes in. We're going to give the ranchers another revenue stream 
that they can really stand on tall, be the educators. That's what Jason Rick is. The third thing we want to do is we're saving children's lives by doing each one of these touch points. Mm-hmm. We're saving your children's lives. You're saving your life. And so we're going to be very serious. I'm going to be very poignant. I'm going to have a loud mouth this year. So here we go. And a lot of people are going to think it's hyperbolic and they're going to be mistaking that. Nope, it's truth. There's a difference. There's a huge difference between truth and hyperbole. And uh, that's what peeped it. Yeah. That line has been blurred by mainstream media. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. 100%. what, what one thing I do want to um, suggest here is there's a bunch of us plebs this side of the pond that are watching what's going on. We'd love to support if we could in some way. Uh, talk to your sure. ranchers um, to see if they would consider listing their project on Geyser Fund, which is G-E-Y-S-E-R. Uh, oh, I know Geyser, yeah. Yep, because then as, as a Euro pleb, I can just pledge 25 euros and it's Bitcoin it. straight and straight to yeah. the ranch, straight to the rancher. Yeah. And if there's two or three guys on there and if I'm doing it, hell, maybe another hundred dudes would do it as well. Like who knows? Uh, but man, I no started looking at guys are about about a month ago and I'm, I've been considering it. And we've gone through this product launch here. You're right on. I've got a, a guy, Bitcoin June. He does a radio audio documentary series for us now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's already in negotiations and talking and understanding geyser, so we're going to get on that, Frenzy. So let's do that. We're going to do that, and we'll right. we'll point it straight to the uh, the foundational trust. Uh, it's a nonprofit. Uh, we are uh, doing multi sig through Unchained Capital that, out of Austin, Texas. So we have a partnership with them. I've got a law firm. We're about as legit as they get. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we'll we'll definitely open up any type of. Uh, funnel pathway where people can give back and start you know because we need to replicate this you know let's do it more than once let's get this going let's show it to maybe it's not to a ranch or maybe somebody else wants to do it to somewhere else that's what guys are funds for that's what we're doing within our technology stack as well so yeah you and i are going to be talking more after this oh uh, yeah for sure 100 percent. get listed i can um put you straight in touch with with mick who can help you out uh, and people can start sending you lightning payments um just and, just to show support just to so show some thanks and just to help the ranchers and uh and keep this thing moving in the right direction because the last thing any of us need is you guys disappearing uh you know we, no. we need the noise bring the noise we we love the oh, i'm noise. gonna bring it yeah. well i'm gonna get all cowboy and shit this year you know i've been kind of <laughs> i'm a smart ass freaking cowboy from west texas <laughs> Now that I've got a little bit of respect in the space, I can say, man, you know, I can I can mess with people a little bit because you know that I, I hope that everybody knows I'm authentic. But if you're going to show some fragility or anything kind of stupidity around me, I'm going to call you out like I used to get called out as a young, you know, cowboy here in, in West Texas, and it's kind of fun. So you know, I'll have I'll have fun with it. All right, I love it. All right, Slim, it's been a great rip. Thank you so much for coming back on, and I look forward to speaking to you again. And getting to meet you in person at some point yes. in 2023, it's whether it's in Europe or your side of the pond, uh, wherever it might be, it's going to happen. I look forward to it. More than one time. Let's do this, Brenty. Appreciate you, brother. Take care, man. Care. All right. Well, there you go, guys. Another bullish, pun intended, another bullish rip with your boy, modern team man, Texas Slim, who is pulling out all the stops to make sure that we are reconnecting with nutrition and learning about health. 
And I love the fact there's like zero LARPing involved here. This is something he is truly down the rabbit hole on and fully involved and immersed with and inspiring people all around the world to think, to stop and think about what it is they're putting in their mouths and how we have been led a merry old dance by the medical, pharmaceutical, agricultural complexes. It, this stuff goes so deep. Really, really deep. Look into it if you haven't. Uh, Safe's done a lot of great work on this as well. He's had some incredible people on his show talking about this. And um, you'll be able to find as much information from as many different people as you can out there about, you know, who are doing the real work. Uncovering the the mess of our food and what we need to do to get ourselves back in shape and healthy again and taking control back over our food supply chains that are best for us. Not these grains, not these refined sugars, not these nonsense fad diets that are pushed on us because of somebody how somebody looks in the front of a glossy magazine and certainly not uh, the um, the seed oils, which you know, is very very prevalent in the Bitcoin space at the moment. Looking into into those things, call it bro science, call it whatever you like, doesn't matter. It's pretty obvious that the human body has evolved on eating animal protein and saturated fats. Uh, so anyway, thank you, Slim, for everything you're doing. Hope to see you in Europe, and anybody in Europe that is inspired to start their own beef initiative hit me up i'll do whatever i can to help you get the word out there and connect you with people that you need to be connected with download orange pill app you never know who you might find just 150 miles away from me is a wine grower in the pyrenees a pleb i cannot wait to go and visit the winery and learn about wine and help him pick or plant or prune whatever it is i'll certainly help by drinking his wine and paying with bitcoin and I've managed to convince a local friend of mine here who is a uh, truffier. That means he has truffle trees and looks for truffles. He's now accepting Bitcoin for the black winter truffles in the Perigord Noir in France. Amazing. And he even had uh, a Bitcoiner come and stay with him and uh, accepted Bitcoin for room and board and truffle hunting experiences. It's happening, guys. Just get out there and start orange pilling your people. You know the companies that can help you, Swan Bitcoin, Relay, Hoddle Hoddle, and Coin Corner. Use Wasabi Wallet to start your first coin join if you've never done that before. And take control with ShiftCrypto.ch, the Bitbox 02 Bitcoin only edition. Get to a conference and uh, meet myself and Slim and all of these other people that we've been listening to on the podcast these last few years. I'll be in Miami. You can get a 10% discount with code BITTEN. I'll also be in Prague in June. Uh, so it's happening. People are really coming together and, and pushing these things forward. If you hit the link in the show notes to Linktree or Vida, you will find a bunch of different other companies where you can get discounts. Go and get discounted books from Consensus Network, who are going to be at these uh, conferences as well. So if you're at a conference, walk up to the bookstore there, Consensus Network, They've got you. They've got books in as many different languages as they can at the moment. They are always adding more titles and more languages. And if you hit the link in the show notes on the link tree or on Vida, 
you will be taken to Consensus Network. And if you use code BITTEN, you get 10% discount. If you pay via the Lightning Network, you even get a further 10% discount on that. These are cheap, cheap purchases for pure signal. And if you are trying to buy that book for somebody that you know whose mother tongue is not English, go and check out what they have. They've got German, Finnish, Danish, Dutch, uh, Spanish, Czech. It's all covered and they're adding more all the time and they need more help from Pleb. So go give Consensus Network a shout and thank you everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. Catch you on the next show.